Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kingdom of God podcast. I'm your host, King Sean, House of Anden, Hand of Stephen, Kingdom of God. Happy Sunday, even if it doesn't happen to be Sunday in your microcosm right now. Uh, it's Sunday at the time of this recording, and I'm just taking a few minutes to be thankful for everything that I have, and for all of you for being here, and also for, yeah, the people who were listening in on the call yesterday, uh, a larger than normal audience yesterday compared to um, the usual. So that's encouraging. Thank you very much. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the power of uh, public notices and a few other random things as well. And that's what I'm going to be doing today as well. I'm not sure how long I'll actually be talking today. Uh, one of the things I would like to talk about though is uh, the economy and uh, basically the fight against socialism and communism. Uh, that's something that's been talked about a lot, uh, especially in the United States. Uh, AOC or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I hope I said that right, uh, you know, had her big new Green Deal and uh, a lot of other policies or um, ideas that basically sound like socialist policies. And, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about that and that the world is moving toward a communist socialist uh, future and that that's a very scary and dangerous thing. So I'm going to be spending a little bit of time talking about that. Um, and like the universal basic income is one of the big things that's uh, being talked about now. And of course, everybody's talking about that as being a form of socialism and, and that it's a strategy to make all of the people dependent on government. I'm going to be touching on that idea a little bit uh, and dispelling, I hope, some of the rumors associated with that or the, they're not even rumors, uh, the misconceptions, that's the word I want. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So thank you very much for joining me, and I'll be back very shortly. Thank you. All right, everyone, uh, welcome back. Uh, thank you for being here. So one of the things I'd like to start this show with that I thought was kind of interesting is uh, today I was actually looking at some other videos. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called uh, Viva Fry v Vlog, uh, V-L-A-W-G, you know, kind of a play on words with blog, video, log, you know, and the law. He, he basically uh, goes over different lawsuits that are happening that are catching mainstream attention, breaks them down in common terms for people to have a better sense of, you know, what's going on, what the motions mean, uh, and providing some of his insights as to, you know, whether or not the litigants in the case are, you know, imploring the best strategy or maybe even just uh, offering some insight on the strategies that are being used. Um, highly recommend his channel. It's very informative, very entertaining, and yeah, just a word of caution, make sure you're wide awake when you go there because he speaks very fast, no pauses. <laughs> and that's uh, one of his like logos too. So uh, anyway, I was, I was checking out one of his videos and you know, one of the ads that 
preambled or, or yeah, previewed the video was trying to basically is basically telling people that they can buy a one square foot piece of land uh and i believe this is somewhere in england or scotland devonshire like i don't know where devonshire is but uh i'm guessing somewhere in england uh i don't know it just sounds more more reasonable that it would be england because uh you know it's it's endorsed by the queen or something like this but anyway you get a one square foot piece of land you get a title deed to the ownership of that one square foot and owning land gives you the title of lord or lady of your house that's the big deal so they're actually selling this you can go and you can buy a piece of land and you and you gain the legal status of lord or lady i thought that was very interesting because uh you know it's it's also a little bit of a tell with respect to just how just how you know and i, I don't mean this to be insulting uh I, so don't be offended when i say this but you know how far from truth we've come how blind we've allowed ourselves to be because i don't know one of the things that somebody said to me when i told them uh that i have the legal and lawful status of, of king in my own kingdom uh one of the very first things they came back at me with was no you can't because uh you know you can't you can't be a king or a queen unless you own land okay that that refers to a landowner you know where's the where's the land where's your country and that's what i'm talking about if you don't think that you have land if you don't recognize that your physical body is a body of land you're missing the boat and that's why you ended up on a citizenship because you don't know the, the parcel of land that God gave you is the package that was delivered in the hospital by your mother. That's the parcel of land that was given to you is your body. Uh, that's, that's also the symbolism behind um, God creating Adam from clay. Okay. We are of the earth, the body, the physical body represents a body of earth. It's yours. You have exclusive dominion over that. That is your land, and that's how and why you are a king within your kingdom. So I thought it was very interesting because despite the fact that, you know, I think it's a ridiculous notion. Uh, mind you, I shouldn't say that because I think I think people who do this, I think all the proceeds are going to something like benevolent um, and uh, whatever. So if, if it's actually raising money to do good in the world, um, I'm all for it. But... And I'm also supporting the idea that I have, I think that something like this has the potential to wake people up to the truth of who and what they are. Um, you know, because if people recognize that, wait a minute, all I need to have is, is land in order to, to, you know, you know, connect the dots, realize that your body is a body of land and that you have exclusive dominion over that. And there you go. You don't need to worry about ordering a square foot from anyone in, London. And I don't know. I could go deeper and just say, you know, and if you are buying that land, and let's say you're buying that land from the Queen and you're buying that land with uh, a promissory note, okay? A promissory note is a promise to pay or give something of value later. So if the promissory note also belongs to the Queen, are you actually buying a piece of land? 
or are you just, you know, you just trading two different things? You know, it's one and the same, right? The money belongs to the queen. The land belongs to the queen. So you're buying it with her property and you think that you own something. That's where I would suggest you're being led astray there. Anyway, uh, that was kind of a sidebar, not what I was going to focus uh, today's talk on. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the economy because I have mentioned that one of the things I'm going to start covering in time is how a sovereign nation would operate. If uh, we were not dependent on central banks, we should not be dependent on central banks. That does not mean that a country could not have a national bank. That's different. Okay. Um, I suppose that bank would be central to Canada, but there would be like, that's Canada would own it. And so there would be no point in creating interest on the money that it lends to Canada's people because any profits that it make are just going to go back to the people. It would be owned by the people. It would be stewarded by the people. It's not extorting wealth from the people. That's the very first thing to understand. So I don't want people to presume that just because I'm against the current financial system that's in place in Canada, that I'm entirely against the economic system altogether. I'm saying that your economic system has been hijacked by foreign corporate interests, which are private banks, uh, you know, working basically for a very, very, very close knit conglomerate of people that are, you know, basically 1% of the world's entire population. And because they've convinced the entire world that they have a monopoly on every single resource that man needs or wants, um, yeah, they control everything, right? So they've basically created a monopoly on absolutely every single thing that a, you know, a man or woman would need to sustain themselves. And yeah, they're, they're making a profit on that. So anyone who's generally against monopolies, again, should be able to recognize how um, a foreign bank is treasonous to the people of a country. So, you know, the United States was fighting very, very hard to try and keep central banks out of their country in the beginning. And, uh, you know, they're very, very deceptive in how they get things done. So one way or another, they, they managed to get the Federal Reserve in. And people, I think, believed at the time that that was what the national or what the Federal Reserve was going to be. It was going to serve the purpose of a national bank that would be able to create money for the people without interest. And it did exactly the opposite of that, right? It's inflating and deflating the economy at will based on how much it chooses to put in and how much it chooses to take back out. So uh, the ability to manipulate the entire economy was handed to one private organization. And that's when problems really start. Uh, yeah, the Federal Reserve, for anybody who doesn't know this, is not actually owned by the United States of America. It's a private organization that is completely um, independent of the U.S. government. So they basically own the government of the United States. Uh, anyway, um, same thing is here in Canada. Uh, ever since 1974, uh, the uh, Banking Act of Canada changed, and you know now we pay a service fee and a interest fee on all of the money that's printed for Canada 
for infrastructure and whatever as per the budget that you know we create okay so that's uh that's the problems that exist there i'll, I'll tell you or get into how a sovereign nation would, would operate something like that down the road i think it's going to be a little bit easier to understand that once people understand what it means to govern oneself as a sovereign individual because again it's that very same idea and philosophy is that um, change begins within right so once an individual understands how to make their way in the world and how to generate coin for their own realm well then it becomes much easier to comprehend how that would work on a collective scale so i'll get into that you know in future episodes what i wanted to talk about today is uh you know i was watching a show and actually i think it was on the five uh which is a fox news broadcast uh at any rate people were talking about workers not wanting to return to work even though the pandemic is slowing in some parts of the united states anyway they're reopening they're allowing people to go back to work and they're saying that it's very hard to get people to go back to work because they've created this minimum basic income they've they've created the stimulus package for people who are out of work and they're at, and a lot of people are now making more money staying at home than they would be you know at their job serving or whatever it was that they were doing before and you know there's actually talks to kibosh the program for that reason well here's what i have to say if you know because they're saying oh well you know what we should cut those people off if they're not going to come back to their job because they're making more money now sitting at home with the the COVID benefit then they should just be cut off no here's what i say if they're making more money at home and you want them to come back to work well, then you got to offer them more money to come back to work than what they're making at home. Okay. And what I'm suggesting is that this is the idea behind a minimum basic income. It's not to make everybody sit at home. It is to create a new minimum standard of living because basically I don't care what anybody says. We don't value a country based on you know how much debt it has right that's not how we measure the wealth of the country we can't do that because every country to some extent it seems is you know in debt to the billions of you know the u.s to the tune of trillions in fact i've heard that canada is now potentially headed toward the trillion dollar mark i don't know if that's true but what what actually determines the value of a country is the quality of life the people in that country enjoy that's how they determine which is the best country in the world to be living in you know it, it's relative to the rights those people have the quality of life overall that these people have rights um, their ability to purchase the, the necessities that they need and whether or not the wealth that they receive is just enough to buy the bare necessities or whether the basic income level that people make at a job, forget about basic income for a moment, but I'm just talking about whether the minimum wage, that's how they generally refer to it, whether that minimum wage 
if the lowest standard of workers, what quality of life that wage enables them to live, right? Does that allow people a minimum wage job at 40 hours a week in Canada? Does that allow people to live in a nice home? Absolutely not, right? But in some countries it might. And that's what determines the standard of living. And so what I believe is happening is it's not about, well, I'll talk about socialism and communism in a minute, but that's what I believe the one of the goals anyway is of a universal basic income is to increase the standard of living in every single country. We are beginning to realize that there are certain things that are absolutely integral to overall health, well-being and happiness. Uh, and that means having enough wealth to purchase the things that you absolutely need. Healthy food, a good place to live, um, and a certain amount of extra spending so that you can participate in, in the social culture of your community. You know, so you can go out to a museum or you can go out to a bar or you can go out to a restaurant or listen to a jazz show or whatever the case may be. Okay, you should have enough to take care of all of the basic needs that you have and you should have enough left over to enjoy some quality of life outside of that that allows you to interact and, and communicate with or interact with the community. So that's my belief behind the basic income. It's, it is part of the global reset. I'm not going to suggest that it's not. But now I want to talk about socialism and communism. And in fact, in order to do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Google because I don't, you know, I don't like people to think that I don't know what I'm talking about because believe me on this particular topic, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I've studied the socialist and communist manifesto, if you will, uh, like extensively. And I'm in fact not 100% sure what it, what, it is that clearly defines the difference between socialism and communism. Uh, I think they're very much the same. Uh, but anyway, here's what the dictionary has to say about socialism as a definition. A political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. So, you know, I just want people to listen to that for a moment. I'm going to read it again, in fact. A political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Now, the reason I wanted to repeat that is I want to point out, does it say anywhere here in that definition, is there any indication that socialism means that the government controls and owns all of the communal resources and determines who gets what? Absolutely not. Okay. So where did that belief come from? Because that doesn't have anything to do with the definition. See, so, uh, and then uh, there's a couple of phrases here that say similar. This is going 
further into the definition, policy or practice based on the political and economic theory of socialism. And then it says in Marxist theory in brackets, a transitional social state between the overthrow of capitalism and the realization of communism. So it seems to me that communism really is the realization of socialism, <laughs> if you will. Uh, they, they define it as the realization of communism, socialism, the, the beginning stages of what manifests to become communism. But again, what is communism? If communism is based on the same social ideas, then that's not a problem. The problem comes into play when we enter the word government. Okay, notice how the word government is not part of the word socialism or the social philosophy. It's not a government. It's the people. No government. Okay? Government gets abolished. Okay? The community as a whole determine. Not the government, not a small body of people that are elected by whatever. The community as a whole. The only reason that people are afraid of socialism is because they don't understand what it is. They really don't. They've been misled. They've been taught improperly. They believe that socialism is some kind of government policy. It's not. And the fact of the matter is, every single country in the world, whether it's China, Canada, United States, Australia, doesn't matter, Africa, you know, uh, any of the countries in Africa, I do recognize Africa is not a country, it's a continent. Uh, but I mean, That's not what it's about. It's about putting control back into the hands of the people. And the reason that there was such a concentrated effort to demonize communism and socialism is because it is contrary to the capitalist manifesto. Capitalism suggests that the government gets to control and determine what people are allowed to own and gets to determine the economic and social policies for the country based on, you know, who the elected official is. Capitalism gets, is about each individual competing and acquiring as much for themselves as they can and having absolutely no obligation to the community at large. Okay. And in the capitalist society, that's where government comes in because there is no independent or, uh, yeah, there is no independent duty or responsibility to care for one's neighbor. Capitalism is all about achieving as much as you can for yourself, and that's considered perfectly legal and lawful. Okay, so government needs to come in in order to regulate that to ensure that that does not happen to such an extent that those who succeed in a capitalist uh, world end up taking 100% away from those who are less successful. Okay, so basically they come in to regulate to make sure that those who are not as competitive and not as successful in a capitalist world are provided with for social protections. You know, that's where you get your welfare, that's where you get all of that other stuff because they've encouraged the rest of the people to compete and take as much as they possibly can. So there's nothing wrong with that philosophy. They encourage businesses like Loblaws 
to profit, you know, $3.1 billion from the necessity of Canadian people to eat, right? We need to eat. So they're, they're going to allow Loblaws to profit three point whatever billion dollars per year to distribute the food to Canada's people. And Loblaws is allowed to take that money out of Canada's economy altogether. They don't have any obligation to put that back into the, to the economy to take care of Canada's people. And this is why over time, capitalism just ends up robbing more and more wealth from the nation's uh, economy because they're basically deflating the economy. Every corporation that is not obliged to return their profits to the global um, pool is deflating the economy. And because they're deflating the economy, they're taking more money out it actually causes inflation because each dollar is worth that much more. Does that make sense? Um, anyway, uh, so really what people fail to understand is that the socialist idea, there's absolutely nothing dangerous about the socialist idea, ideology. The reason it's dangerous right now is because it's not good for capitalism. Okay, I'm pointing out the fact that capitalism is taking wealth away from the people. It's actually making the people of a country broke. And that corporation isn't a moral entity. It isn't a living soul. It's not going to starve. It's not going to die. There's not going to be any consequence for Loblaws. Okay, but there's a few greedy little men rubbing their hands together at the top of that little Loblaws pyramid that are just loving the fact. Okay that people have to, you know, spend their last $10 on a loaf of bread while they're taking a vacation in Cancun with millions of dollars as CEOs of the company. Okay, they don't care about Canada's people. And in fact, they care so little about Canada's people that they're quite happy to take more money out of Canada's economy by telling the government of Canada to pay for their refrigeration system because that would, that would cut in on their $3.1 billion profit from that year. And, you know, why should they spend $12 million to upgrade their refrigeration system when they're already providing a service for Canada's people and giving them their basic food, you know, profiting $3.1 billion a year that, you know, they're already benevolent enough as they perceive themselves to be. So what I'm getting at here is it's the capitalist model that is corrupt. Okay. And there's no way around it because um, it rewards greed, straight up. The more cutthroat and greedy you are, the more likely you are to be successful in a capitalist world, okay? And that's what corporations end up doing. And there's nobody to hold accountable for a corporation, so they can basically just, just do as much damage as they want, reap as many profits as they want, and the people hide behind that corporation and enjoy the wealth somewhere else. That's the treason. And I'm not kidding, it is a treason um, because it's robbing the people of its wealth and it's a foreign entity, okay? It's not Canadian. It doesn't have any obligation to Canada as a people. It doesn't have any moral conscience, doesn't have any moral obligation, doesn't have any moral duty to the people of Canada. Its only purpose is to make profits. And the more profits, the more successful it's deemed to be, which means that the more it can, um, the more extortion 
it can successfully accomplish. You know, like if, a, if an apple actually costs five cents and they can charge you a dollar, well, that's good for them. That's extortion. That's what it is. Okay. We've made extortion legal. That's what we've done. Okay. And it's the same thing for any basic resource that you could ever consider. So, um, people who are rallying against this idea of socialism and communism, I'm just trying to point out that those individuals do not understand the first thing about what those systems are. They've been misled by what I believe was actually a CIA agenda to discredit socialism and communism uh, by basically showing that, you know, communism and socialism were what caused the fall of Russia. It wasn't. What caused the fall of Russia, Russia's communist regime, was capitalism. It was oligarchs from other countries basically bribing individuals within Russia's government and convincing them that it was better to do business with them for profit, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, uh, capitalism is what destroyed the idea of communist in Russia. And uh, I think there's a documentary you can watch where it actually talks about how Vladimir Putin made exactly the arguments that I'm making now and uh, went a little bit further than I'm going. Uh, he actually became um, the president of Russia and also the head of the KGB. And so he used his power in the KGB to have the oligarchs that had infiltrated the communist manifesto assassinated. Um, and, you know, they make him sound really evil for doing that. Well, no, <laughs> he recognized that what they were doing was treasonous to his country and his people. And so, you know, they can't be reasoned with. Okay, they're sociopaths. So he had them executed uh, or assassinated. And I don't think he, uh, I don't think he's shy about talking about that. If he is, the BBC is certainly not. There's a documentary on Vladimir Putin. You can watch, just Google BBC Vladimir Putin. They make it sound really dark and horrific and whatever, because of course, we're always supposed to perceive Russia as the enemy. The only reason that they want us to perceive Russia as the enemy is because they don't want you to know the truth about communism and how good that would be for the people because that would be very bad for the corporations who are using their wealth to bribe politicians who do everything they say at the expense of the people. Wow, okay. So you know what? <laughs> I think that's I think that pretty much summarizes my opinion on socialism and uh what I was hearing from other people today. So what I think is going to be happening is uh, the minimum basic income is designed to take care of all of that. What's going to happen is there will be a universal basic income in implemented in every country of the world at some point. Uh, I don't know how that's going to get done, but they will. And it's going to provide a higher standard of living than what people are currently enjoying on their on the social welfare that they may be receiving now. Um, it'll be kind of like an upper, lower, middle class. Upper, lower class? Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Um, but, you know, it'll be 
or lower middle class is maybe a better way to think of it. Uh, lower middle class, but I mean, you'll be able to afford a decent apartment. You'll be able to afford enough groceries for yourself and you'll have a little bit of money left over for uh, hobbies or socializing or whatever the case may be. And the idea behind this is that when people are provided for and they have everything they need to prosper and thrive in the world, they are that much more likely to give back. They're going to become, you know, prosperous. They're going to want to give something back. So it's going to inspire um, basically a new golden age. That's the idea. And this is, this is what I believe will happen. You know, people. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, saved by the bell on that one today. Um, and I'm talking about you, not me. Um, <laughs> my program or the app that I use, Anchor, only allows me to record for half an hour at a time. So I got cut off there. And really, it always seems to cut me off at almost the perfect time. You know, what I wanted to state is that uh, I believe the intent behind a minimum basic income is that it is true. A lot of people miss working, so they want to get back to work. And the reason that they miss working is because we all want to contribute in some way. Okay. The reason that most people who do not want to work and are happier to sit at home and just receive the basic income that they're receiving is because their, their work is not valued enough. That's what it is. And people are like, oh, you know, people want to criticize those people and say, oh, no, they should be happy to be underappreciated at their job and take whatever pittance they get, um, you know, so that they can struggle to make their rent every month. That They should be happy about that. And now they're receiving a little bit more and they don't have to feel under-evaluated or undervalued at their job. Of course, that's, you know, that is what I believe the idea is. It's to change a mindset. It's not about uh, making the world dependent on government, which is, you know, what some people are thinking. So, you know, it'll, time will tell, I guess. Uh, we'll see how all of this unfolds. But I like to get my ideas out there because more often than not, it does seem that my words manifest in the universe. So uh, my belief is that this has the potential to start a new uh golden age for humanity because when people are provided for it, they feel inspired they want to give back and uh you know people who don't necessarily have um a skill are going to potentially like uh i don't want to say that everybody has a skill uh have i don't know i just think there's going to be a lot more creative um ventures that start as a result of this. So that's my show for this Sunday. Uh, I hope I hope you enjoy it. And uh, if nothing else, I'm sure it's a bit of a different perspective on some of the ideas that you may have heard with respect to socialism and communism and the basic income rollout and all that that's going on right now. I'm all for it. Um, and a lot of people sent, like are surprised in my microcosm when I say that. And uh, now you know why. So. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Um, I hope you're all feeling fabulous. I love you. Have a great night.